Before we move into the next gallery, one of the things that I, yeah, I have to call attention to is extraordinary portraits. Um, that is a Peruvian, it's an 18th century portrait of the Countess of Monte Blanco and Montemar. This is truly one of the most significant colonial portraits ever made. And by that, I, I include not only South American colonial portraiture, I would also put this as one of the most significant portraits. We're thinking about colonial in all the senses, including the British colonies of North America, which is my specialty. I would say that this is one of the most significant colonial portraits ever. Uh, this is one of the wealthiest women of her day. The artist skillfully represents the idea of the inner life of this confident, self-assured woman. But one of the things that, of course, you're going to immediately go right to is her elaborate attire. This extraordinary dress, this wonderful pink dress of, it's either silk satin, or there's actually a hybrid called silk satin, which is a blending of the two that you see often in 18th century textiles, adorned with all sorts of Lace. So this is a robe la Française, which is a, a style that comes in uh, to fashion around the 1740s. And it has the three-quarter sleeves, you see it all over 18th century portraiture, and the square neckline. The stomacher is pinned in right here, and then it's sort of an open robe with a petticoat. And you're basically pinned into this dress. Uh, and then little, there are pieces of the cuffs removed for washing. And you know, it sort of comes apart in a, in a. I know way more about this than any decent person. <laughs> but if you start looking at the lace that adorns this, you can start counting the money. Because lace is extraordinarily expensive. Lace doesn't survive, it's fragile. So we have a false sense necessarily of, of economy when we look at things like this. We have to go back and realize that actually some of the things that are the most fragile, like the lace, are actually the most expensive because of the amount of work it takes to make them. So you can basically do the abacus and start adding up here, not just the lace, but then of course you have to start adding up the jewelry as well, including this extraordinary chatelaine that she is wearing. And so when you put it all together, you realize that this portrait, of course, constructs the Countess as being in line with the codes of aristocratic identity in Europe. But in many, in many respects, when, I, when you add up everything else that is happening in the portrait, you realize that she's actually, this is someone with significantly more resources and, and more elite in that sense than the mother country. She just has more stuff, and she has more expensive stuff. And it's a good reminder to us, when we look at a portrait like this, to think about the codes of portraiture, the codes of identity, but also to think about how a, a work like this portrait upends our very simplistic, at times, notions of center and periphery. Because although, again, it is, this is an 18th century dress, the hairstyle, powdered hair like this is 18th century. And France, of course, in the 18th century is the capital of style. So one could very easily say, oh, well, here in, in Peru, here is this sort of country cousin. But she is not a country cousin when you start looking at exactly materially what this portrait does. And I think that's a wonderful corrective to us 
as 21st century viewers, when we look at an object like this made in South America, that we don't start automatically doing a hierarchy of a European source is, is the Urtext, and then the Peruvian portrait is some sort of, you know, some sort of derivation of it. This portrait, and one of the reasons why I love it, in addition to its aesthetic qualities, is that it upends that assumption. And I think that's great for all of us to have that assumption upended. That's a very um, that's a very traditional kind of gesture. Women are often paired with flowers, particularly in 18th century portraiture, and it has a lot of connotations of things like beauty and fertility. Um, there is, you will see women holding flowers. Men usually have, well, for example, in this Ecuadorian portrait, he has a letter. Men have often accessories that talk about the world of commerce and affairs and the outer world. Women are often linked with nature. Um, and you see children, for example, in a lot of 18th century portraiture who have things like fruit, but they also have little birds, little squirrels, things like this. So yes, there are, you know, almost everything in a portrait usually has some sort of symbolic language, and the flower is absolutely that. And that's, that's true in this, in this portrait, and it's true in French portraiture, English portraiture, and colonial American portraiture as well. In an earlier 16th century Renaissance portraiture, the carnation, which I believe that's a kind of a carnation, often had a connotation of loyalty. It would be about marital fidelity. So, I mean, again, this may not be exactly that, but there is for sure some symbolic meaning. And the fact that it's up near her breast is about, uh, you know, probably is because it's her a marital statement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Shall we move through? Yes. I don't know. I, Roberta, would you agree with that? Did you? Would you agree with with uh, yeah. the symbolic? Major. Oh, yeah, very much. No, and just, very briefly to add an interesting comment about this painting. Yeah. This was on loan at, uh, to the Met for about a year. And this, so a Peruvian group who are descendants of this woman uh, came upon the painting almost at closing time, but they managed to note everything down. Somehow or the other found us and contacted us. And it's still a prominent family in Lima. They invited us to visit them, and they have a portrait of Doña Rosa Salazar, this woman, made some 25 years later. She's at that time a 60-ish, very handsome woman, dressed in black, the same earrings. Pretty neat. And then there was a painting that went on the auction market, which somehow the other we missed, which is reputedly of one of her daughters, again with the same earrings. So these, these are sort of fun connections. But these are historical pe people. They really existed. <clears throat> They're not just figures. And when you can delve in and get this history, uh, it, it enriches the whole collecting process and showing it to other people.